Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. before the Father. Heavenly Father, we've gathered, and you say that where we gather, there you are in the midst. So right now, I ask that you would bless this time. Let your, your presence manifest among us, and, and I'm going to yield myself. And, and Father, I know you used a jackass in the Old Testament to speak your word, so my faith is you can use me to speak your word today in a way that will be a blessing. I thank you that we can pray for protection for our loved ones. We can pray for, for healing for our nation. And Father, we just ask right now that you would be with us and that we would be better as we leave than when we got here. I want to lift up my dad who's, who's struggling with some pain in his back. He's got an issue going on there, but you're bigger than that issue. And I thank you for healing. I want to, I want to just thank you for what you're doing in my stepmom's life. That Father, you're, you're comforting her and you're giving her peace. And uh, your healing power is available as she reaches out by faith to grab it. And we stand in agreement with her. And everybody else who's, who's facing an ailment, a, a sickness of any kind, we just lift them up right now. Your word says that, that healing is the children's bread. So, Father, right now, we just take a slice, and we say thank you, and we're blessed by having you and being able to call you our Heavenly Father. We just ask for healing for the families of those who, who've lost um, people, not only here, but also uh, the shooting last week at the train depot there in, in California. Just, Father, heal the families that are going through such pain, and Holy Spirit, we ask you to manifest and comfort your word said. The word says that you're the comforter and that you would manifest just in a great and powerful way. And uh, we pray for every person that, Father, is dealing with these issues, these, these um, inner turmoils that are causing them to want to harm others and to harm themselves. I just believe you bring labors across their path, Father. <clears throat> you meet them before they, they do the damage and you help them get the help that they need. You care for them. You love them. And, Father, you want them to be healthy, healed, and whole. And we ask and believe that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Praise God. Um, again, we've got our picnic. It's, it, it's a picnic, but it's also a day that our nation honors those who have given everything for this great country that we live in. And uh, I know that we have some veterans. Do we have any veterans here today? Can I see your hands? You know, and Guys, would you do me a favor? We appreciate your service. My dad would be standing if he was here. But would you stand up as I pray for all the families? And you're going to represent those who gave it all. Tomorrow is Memorial Day, which means we're remembering those who sacrificed so that we could have the life we have. But th these gentlemen served, and we're going to just have them stand as, as, as just contact for us to pray for every family that's lost someone serving this nation. Every man or woman that's given their lives for the, the betterment of this country, you guys are standing as a representative, and we're going to just right now pray and believe God for healing and wholeness and just blessing over the families that have suffered those losses. Father, we just thank you that this nation is under God. The idea was for this nation that our forefathers knew it, they went and pursued it, and they did it with your blessing and with your anointing. And we just pray a protection over this nation, and we know that one of the tools you use for that is the men and women who volunteer, who join in, who answer the call 
to defend our nation and our values. And Father, these two men that are standing, I want to pray a blessing over them, thank them for their service, but I want to pray over the families that they represent, those of the service men and women who have given everything so that we can worship you with freedom. And Father, right now we just pray blessing over those families. We, we pray healing over those families. We thank you for every person that Father has stood up and said, here am I, use me to defend and, and, and promote the values of this great nation. And we speak blessing over every single one of them. And we thank you that you're a God that watches over this nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, gentlemen. I want to say hi to everybody online. We've got people from, we're in South Florida. We've got people all the way up in northern Michigan that watch us every week. We've got people in West Virginia. We've got people in North Carolina. We've got people in Tennessee. Uh, today we have people in Georgia because Evan graduated. Many of you know Evan. He graduated high school, so they took a family trip up to Georgia to see the uh, mighty 82nd Airborne Museum that's up there in Georgia. So they're watching today. Hey, Evan, congratulations, and uh, we're so proud of you. So, um, and we also have people right here in Palm Beach County that haven't been able to come back. Hey, we love you, and you are part of the body. There's no distance in the spirit, so we count you here, and uh, we're just so thankful for you. Amen? Amen? So, we started a series, believe it or not, we started at the beginning of the month, but right after that came Mother's Day, and then right after Mother's Day came the baby dedication, and right after the baby dedication came the pie auction. So we're finally getting back to go to the, to, to continue on with the series that I started back at the beginning of the month called Know Who You're Fighting. Because our life is a battle. There's a struggle in life. Anybody ever experienced it? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't raise your hand, well, you were born yesterday, I think. But anyway, um, it is a struggle, and I, I covered a lot of stuff there. We're going to kind of just set the stage and then go from there today. And I really want to encourage you to, um, let me see. Don't be touchy today. Um, there, there, there's always an opportunity uh, for me to offend, and, uh, but I never do it on purpose. I don't do it on purpose. But you know, as a pastor, it, 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 it's my job to comfort those who are disturbed those who are struggling with life, but it's also my job to disturb those who are too comfortable in life and are just kicked back and, and just not doing anything to further the call of God on their life. And you may say, well, Pastor Mike, you're the preacher. I don't have a call. Yeah, every single person has a call of God on their life. We all have a purpose. We were all created with a purpose, and we were created on purpose. And I believe with all of my heart that the way that God made you, your design reveals your destiny. So as you, as you get into a relationship with God and you start seeking him about, you know, why were you born? There's a reason that you were born for this time. You know, even in the Bible, there was one, one young girl who, who just did so much to save the children of Israel, and she realized, and it was even said, she was born for such a time as this. You were born to be here on the planet today. You, you know, some people say, oh, I should have been born 200 years ago. You would have been out of place. It wouldn't have fit because God intended for you to be here now. You say, well, my parents decided when I was going to be born. Your parents decided when your body was going to be made. God decided when your spirit was going to be placed in that body. And he did it at just the right time. Amen? 
Now, with that understanding that I was born on purpose, with a purpose, comes responsibility. And whenever a preacher preaches on responsibility, a lot of people don't like it. Today might be a tough day if that's you. <laughs> um, but not in a mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it, I'm saying it hopefully to encourage you, to inspire you, may, maybe even to enlighten you to the fact that there's work to be done. God's got a purpose for your life. Now, you don't work to get saved, but once you receive Jesus Christ, the work starts. Why? Because there's people that aren't saved. And God loves every single person. And as long as there's one person on this planet that doesn't know Jesus Christ, we, the church, have a job to do. Amen? You guys with me? Anybody giving up on me yet? Okay, good deal. Nobody raised your hand. Well, that's like a first. Anyway, so let's jump in. We'll go with the, the scripture. I want you to see it. It says, for in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We're his workmanship. We were created for good works. We were created. We were born for a purpose, which God pre-prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So we were created with a purpose, and we're supposed to pursue that purpose, and we're supposed to walk it out. Do you guys see that? You with me on that? Do I sound a little echoey or something? It sounds different up here. Is there any way you could adjust that? Because I can't scream. Nick, I appreciate your confidence in my eyesight, but at this age, I cannot read that. <laughs> the title is, I thought I gave it, the title of the message today, but thank you for tuning me down a little bit so I can get a little excited and not feel like I'm blasting your eardrums. The title today is Know Who You're Fighting. Know who you're fighting. That tells me there is a battle, there's a fight to be won, and we need to know who it is that we're fighting. And the reason that we need to know that is because if you just go swinging and wailing around, you may hit somebody on your team. You may disconnect from who's there to support you, and you may actually be on the other side. I remember one time when Jared was playing football. He got nailed pretty hard. He was a lineman, and uh, he got hit. He got up. His bell was rung. And he literally staggered over to the wrong huddle. He was on the ride. And they're looking at him like, what are you doing? Get out of here. You know, you need to know where you belong when you're in a battle. Amen? You don't want to go wandering into the enemy's camp. You want to make sure you're staying with those who are on your side. Right? And that's what I want to bring you to a point where you understand that today. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says this. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. So there's, there's a battle that we're engaged in according to what God's word says. And it's not with other people, you know, which you might think if you drive on 95. It's, it's not. Uh, people are crazy on 95, right? Am I the only one? Oh, they're crazy. Although it's fun, though, because you can go however fast you want and there's still somebody passing you it. But anyway, that's another story. So, but anyway, the Passion Translation says it like this. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities, listen to this, operating in rebellion. Rebellion to what? God's plan. What God wants to happen in the earth and what God wants to happen in your life. You're fighting for the life that God has for you, and you're fighting demonic spirits. That's what the Bible says, right? Operating in rebellion under heavenly realms. So we see that, you know... If there's a battle, I need to be aware of it. I need to know I'm fighting with somebody if I'm fighting with somebody. You ever been in an argument with your wife and you didn't know it? 
I have. Is my wife still in here? Did she go out? She went out. Good. Anyway, um, you know, there's times where I think everything's great. And she'll walk by, and you can almost feel the, the frosty atmosphere around. And uh, all of a sudden, you hear a cabinet door shut a little louder than normal. And you hear a drawer shut a little louder than normal. And I'm like, uh, excuse me? What is it that you've done that I don't know? No, I don't do that. <laughs> Believe it or not, I, I, I probably can be challenging uh, at times. And, uh, but sometimes you're fighting somebody, you don't even know it. And it's hard to defend yourself when you don't know you're in a fight. You know, if you don't know you're in a fight, you don't know when to duck and when to weave. You don't know any of that. So we need to know there's, and the Bible tells us, it's a fight with demonic spirits, demonic activity. And, and the, one of the biggest things that happens to us is we find ourselves in a comfort zone. Remember when we started this series, I brought up the chair. I told you the story about how we went shopping. And you know I'm not a fan of shopping, so I found that uh, um, uh, zero gravity, full hands, feet, legs, back, uh, everything, massage. And I got in it, and then Donna came over, and I got her to get in one of them. We, landed, we literally laid in those chairs until the attendant came. You know, and kind of, hey, you going to buy those? No. Well, we're closing. you got to leave. You know, and he had to actually probably tell us twice. you got to leave. Oh, okay, I'll be up in a minute. No, no, no. We're, we're closing. Oh, okay. And we literally had to force ourselves out of our comfort zone because we were so relaxed. We were so comfortable. We didn't want to go face what was on the other side of this. And what happens is a lot of us, we, we've, especially through this pandemic, um, we've pulled away and we've circled the wagons and and we've stayed safe, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I appreciate that, and I applaud that. But there comes a time when you, you've had your vaccination and, and everything that, that you say, okay, God, I'm ready to get back in the game. I'm ready to get back in life. And a lot of us have been duped into thinking, no, 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 I just got to stay here. Well, the battle's still going on. And if you just stay in your comfort zone, you can't engage. You can't enter in if you're leaning back. Does that make sense? And what we have to understand is comfort zones and callings don't go hand in hand. There's a time to be comforted, sure, but then there's a time to get up and say, okay, let's get this done. Let's push forward. Let's, let's strive for what God has for me in my life. Does that make sense? And what we, we established was that we have to be willing to do this. We have to know who it is that we're fighting. And if we're going to be who the Bible says we are, overcomers more than conquerors, then we're going to have to get out of our comfort zone and get into the fight. Does that make sense? And I know there's a challenge, man. I know life can be challenging. And that's one of the reasons why we at Faith Family Church exist, is to equip you for the challenge before you so that you can walk out the life God has for you. You can experience what he wants you to experience, and you can bring glory to him by stepping into the place that he made available to you in this life. You have a place And God has prepared it, just like we saw the works that he's prepared beforehand, but we have to step in. He's not going to drag us into the fight. We got to step in. Does that make sense? You guys with me? Did you guys all fall asleep or something? I mean, I'll just be honest. I'm preaching better than you're responding. You know, humbly I'll say that, but I mean, some of you, your eyes, you look like those light bulbs, (laughs) you know, so you're not making it that easy. But anyway, I know I'll get better even. I'll try. So, so what do we do as a church? We try our best and we exist to equip you for the challenge of life. And the first way we do that is, A, we want you to know God. We want you to know God. We want you 
to give your life to Jesus Christ and experience everything that God has for you. What else do we want you to do? B, we want you to, to experience freedom because so many people in life are bound up. So many people are struggling with life and, and they're, they're caught up and tangled up in things. And we're going to look at it that's keeping them from moving forward with the things of God. We want you to find freedom. So we equip you with that by having life groups and having services and, and, and get you into relationships with people that will not only strengthen you, encourage you, but challenge you to be the person of God that he's created you to be. You know, there's something about you, 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 you act like the people you hang with. It's truth. If you're hanging with ungodly people, you're going to act ungodly eventually. Oh, no, I'm letting my light shine. I did that too for a while. When I worked at the nightclubs, I worked at the front door. Man, I was a Christian. I told them all, and, and I let my light shine. But eventually, we would close, and then we would go in the club, and we'd hang out, and I'd have a Coke, and they'd all have drinks. Why are you having a Coke? Well, because I, I used to drink, but it got me in trouble, and I was, it caused me to head the wrong direction. Now I'm walking with God, so I want to keep going the right direction. And what's best for me is to have a Coke. And, you know, eventually, I not only started having the drinks again, I started telling the stories again. I started getting involved again with everything I was involved in before because who I hung out with determined the direction I was going. Does that make sense? And, and it's a truth whether you want to admit it or not. Well, you're saying i got to leave my friends. No, you need to lead your friends. You don't got to leave them. You lead them, and they will follow if you show them the light that's on the inside of you. You just don't stay where they are. You lead them out of the things that have got you bound and the things that have them bound. Hey, amen? Make sense? Then what we do, after we get you into relationships with people that will help you and challenge you, we want you to go to growth track. Why? To discover the purpose that God created you. Discover why he made you. To look in, on the inside and say, wow, I have gifts. I have abilities. I have talents. what the Bible says about every one of us. And God wants me to use those for his glory and for the betterment of the people around me. So what we want you to do is go to growth track, find out your purpose, and then jump on the dream team. We're a serving church. People here serve. You, you serve who? Other people. And you jump on the dream team and you start making a difference in other people's lives because of what God has placed on the inside of you. Does that make sense? That's how we can help equip you for the challenge of life. And, and I know it's not easy. I know it's a struggle. But I really want you to understand that wherever you are today, you can start right now. You could start right now and take a step. Everything starts with a step. Take a step towards what God had you. Pastor Mike, I'm not comfortable with that. God never called you to be comfortable. He said he would comfort you, but he doesn't want you to stay in your comfort zone. If you're not comfortable, that's a sign that you might be heading in the right direction. That's a sign that, you know what, I, I, I'm actually going to start doing what God called me to do because my comfort zone now is back there. And with God's help, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to make a difference in other people's lives. I know it sounds like I'm doing a recruitment video, but it's actually for you. Because the Bible's very clear that as we sow, as we give in to others, we're going to be blessed ourselves. It's going to come back to us. Here's a scripture I want to run with today, and we're going to get rolling. That just all kind of got you from the last uh, time we met. But Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. We're going to start unpacking some stuff for you. It says, therefore, since we were surrounded by such a crowd of witnesses, let me tell you something. A cheerleader can make a lot of difference in your life. I was on the wrestling team, and when I had cheerleaders, it made a difference. It encouraged me, inspired me. It gave me the wherewithal. Plus, they were cute girls. I didn't want them to see me fail, so it made me want to win. My wife was head cheerleader in high school. She's a natural cheerleader. 
if you ever hang out with her, you know she's going to cheer you on at whatever you're trying to accomplish. She, it's just the way she is. She's a cheerleader, and she wants to cheer us on. This bio, the Bible says here, it says that we have a great cloud of witness in, in or to our life of faith. So we have all these cheerleaders in heaven, probably your grandmas and your grandpas and anybody that ever prayed for you, and even the people that didn't know you when, you were on, when they were on this earth. They're up there cheering you on in your life of faith. They're telling you, you can do it. This is, this is what you were made for. This is why God created you. You can do this. Keep going. So we have this great, huge group of cheerleaders up there. And then we're encouraged this way. It says, this huge crowd of witness, they're going to do us. And then it says, and let us make a decision. Let us do something. Let us strip off. Now that, that Greek word there means literally to cast off or to rip off. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. There are things in our life that, that are put there intentionally to slow us down, to, to, to keep us from winning the race that God has set before us. There's things in our life that God has placed, or that the, the enemy places there. They know it's not going to take us out. Man, we're beyond that. But it's going to distract us. And just like my son right now in the race car, he's going up to speeds of 150, 160 miles an hour, in a road course, which means they turn both ways. It's not like NASCAR where they only make left turns. They make turns both ways. But anyway, right now, he's in that car, and he's racing against other people. But there are things that are, could distract him if he's not careful. And when you're distracted in a race, you're in danger. I told you the testimony about, well, it wasn't a testimony, but the story about me on the motorcycle, how something from my past distracted my present and actually threatened my future because I let it become a distraction and I wasn't paying attention to what I should have been paying attention to. And the devil's constantly putting those distractions. We live in a world full of distractions. Would you agree? Case in point, tomorrow, on the slip and slide, and in the water games, please, when you wear your bathing suits, don't be a distraction. Okay? And I know the world has a culture but I don't want to know some of you that well, okay? And all I'm asking is just, you know, I, I know that it's okay with the world for people to wear almost nothing at the beach. But let me tell you something. I don't care how spiritual the guy is. People walk by with almost nothing. Girls walk by with almost nothing on. You get their attention. And sometimes you're a distraction. And you don't want to be a distraction from what God is doing at a good time at a picnic. I'm not being old fuddy-dud. I'm being kind of a dad to say, hey, you know, remember there's a lot of people there, young people, married people, not married people, uh, people raging through puberty. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on. So you just don't want to be a distraction. Uh, well, well, how do I do it? I only have these types of bathing suits. Just wear a T-shirt if you have to, you know. If, if you would wear the suit with Jesus, if you and Jesus went to the beach and you'd wear it, then wear it. But if you wouldn't, put a t-shirt on. Sound good? Yes. Sound okay? Did I fit there? Yeah, started offending people. Anyway, so there's these weights. There's these things that are designed to slow us down, to distract us. Why? Because if the devil can't destroy you, he'll distract you. If he can't destroy you, he'll delay you. He'll, he'll try to stop you from moving into the phase that God has for you. Every day, we're to go from glory to glory, the Bible says. He doesn't want you maturing in the things of God. Why? The more you grow in the things of God, the bigger the threat you are to his plan. See, he has a plan. Jesus said that I've come to destroy the works of the enemy. He's got some works going on too. He's got some things happening. 
And now it becomes our job as we become a child of God to, to work with Jesus to destroy his works. And if he can distract you, if he can delay you, he can stop that from happening. Does that make sense? Now we get into the part where people get a little touchy. And uh, buckle up, buttercup, we're going to go ahead and jump in. It says especially, you know, there's the things, those are the distractions, but there's also these things, these things especially, the sin that so easily trips us up. See, when you're distracted, you might slow down and go off course a little, but when you trip up, you stop. When you're tripped up, you hit the ground, you're down, and, and you're not moving forward, you're not making progress. Matter of fact, you're down for the, until you can get back up. And it says, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. See, the weights distract us, but the sin is designed to trip us up. The distractions are dangerous, but the sin can kill you. If, if, if we're not careful, if, we, if we're not aware of some things that are, okay, you know what, well, Pastor Mike, define what you're talking about. Here, here's a, here's a, uh, a weight, if you will. It's something that you allow in your life that deep down you probably know it's not God, or maybe it's been in your life for a long time, and now you're walking with God, and all of a sudden you've got that scratchy feeling on the inside. Man, I don't know. I just don't feel the same about doing what I used to do. And, and you go through that. Life is full of those days where you wake up, and what was okay yesterday on the inside, you're like, mm, I don't think I should do that anymore. Has anybody else ever experienced that? I mean, I experience it almost on a daily basis where, you know, and you say, wow, you must have been a wreck. I probably was, but God uses the foolish things of this world, so I'm, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. But we, we get into a place where all of a sudden we realize, you know what, I shouldn't do it. And then there's a decision to make. You can decide that, well, it's not that bad. I'm not hurting anybody. It's not like I'm doing anything illegal. You know. And see, what happens is when you, when you start making room for the distractions, the things that are taking you off the path that God has for you, when you start making room for those things, they go from being something that you struggle with, you know, I shouldn't do it, but I'm going to do it. You know, I have, I'm going to try not to do it this week. I know I did it last week. And when you get to a place where, where you make room for it and you plan for it, that distraction, that struggle, will actually grow, grow into what the Bible calls a stronghold. And a stronghold is, is literally the definition is a fortified position. It's something that is now strengthened and, and, and is now secure. And what happens when we make room for these struggles in our life and we, we give them room to grow, every one of them will grow to this thing called a stronghold. And then the stronghold, what it does, is it starts binding us up. It holds us back. It keeps us from becoming the person God created us to be. Every one of us have someone we're supposed to be becoming. None of us have arrived. How many of you know that? None of us have arrived. We're all becoming who we are. We're all being perfected, the Bible says, into the person, the mature person that God's created us to be. So what happens is when we allow these struggles to stay and we don't deal with them, we don't cast them off or rip them off like the Bible says to do, they actually grow. And they grow. And they don't look that bad. Oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Everybody does it. Doesn't everybody do it? It's okay. You know, old Pastor Mike probably doesn't do it, but everybody else does it. It's okay. And we let them grow. And then suddenly one day, we haven't kept them. They now have us. And the Bible talks about we're bound. And you say, well, I'm a child of God. How can I be bound? A 
child of God, born again, filled with the Spirit of God, can be bound up because you haven't taken advantage of what God has given you to get rid of those things. You haven't gotten rid of them. You haven't cast them down. You haven't ripped them off or stripped them off. And, and what happens is you end up getting bound. And well, how, how do you know what's what? Well, if, you're still, if you say, well, Pastor Mike, I'm just struggling with this, but I'm going to get through. But you've been struggling with it for a while. It's growing into a stronghold. I'm not judging you. I'm just informing you. If you're, if you're dealing with something for too long, it becomes a stronghold. Does that make sense? And you say, Pastor Mike, this isn't the fun message you usually teach. It's okay. God wants you to hear this. I've been on this for a month. I taught on this in our men's meeting. God is saying they need to know this. Because, you know, the thing that you don't know, the Bible, oh, well, I don't know, it won't hurt me. That's not true. The Bible says things that you don't know about can kill you. So I'm making you aware so you can make some good personal spiritual decisions to decide, you know what, I'm going into the summer, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to go in, I'm going to expect more from God. You know, because the same thing that you don't know might hurt you. The Bible says that if you know, the, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Jesus says the truth that you know sets you free. So we need to understand this. And you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confused here about what's right, what's wrong. And so I want to give you just a little glimpse here of a scripture that most of you probably know. You probably learned it in, in Sunday school or something like that. But I'll, maybe I'll show you a different side of it as we get ready to wrap up. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, it says this. It says, in this manner, therefore, pray. This is a portion of scripture that's called the Lord's Prayer. This is a prayer that Jesus instructed them to pray at that time. And what I want you to maybe see it is from a little different perspective. You have to understand that Jesus came to fulfill the law, to fulfill the Old Testament and to complete it and to put it away and to institute the new covenant, the New Testament, for us to live in and to walk in. And what he's doing here is he's preparing people to understand what's coming. And here it says, in this manner, therefore, pray. It says, our Father. What he wants you to understand is, he wants you to see who you are, who God is, and what the relationship is between you and God Almighty. When it says our Father, you have to understand, people freaked out when Jesus talked about being the Son of God. They never looked at God as a Father. He was El Shaddai. He was Elohim. He was all of this. And, and if you even considered being his child, that was blasphemy. And they accused Jesus of blasphemy when he talked about being a child of God. And he's telling us now, he's saying, listen, boys, this is what's happening. I want you to get ready. I want you to see it from a little different perspective. I want you to start seeing God of all creation. I want you to start seeing him as your father. Not just, Jesus said, not my father, but also your father. He put us on this new, this new place in life where we can look to God as dad. We can, we can, you know, when you needed help, when I needed help, my dad's not here today, but any time in life, even today when I need help, I can call him, and if he's able to do it, he'll do it. Dads are there to help their kids, right? Or at least they should be. If yours isn't, then turn to your heavenly father. He is, and he will. But he's saying, our father in heaven, our father. Okay, so now we're looking at God in a whole new light where now we're close. You should be close to your dad. And then it says, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means to be lifted up, to be, to be kept holy, to be higher than anything else. So, all right, you're my dad, but you're still God. And I still re respect you, and I still reverence you as God, but now we're tight. Now we're close. And look what it says. Your kingdom. What does kingdom mean? Kingdom means your rule, your reign, and your authority. That's what, Kingdom is not a geographical place. As a matter of fact, 
This is talking about the expansion of God's kingdom for it to spread out further. It says, your rule, your reign, your authority come. Why? So that your will will be done. God has given us this. Jesus has opened our eyes to this. So now we're going to be able to operate in such a way as individuals that we're going to help God's will be done where? Look what it says. Be done on earth. Why? Because that's where we are. Jesus is in heaven. He's seated at the right hand. We're here with God in us as children of God. How does he become our father? When you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you become a child of God. So this new relationship where we receive his son as Savior, look, it goes on. We receive, he becomes our father. Now we now have access to his reign, his rule, and his authority for his will to happen on this earth Look what it says. Give us this day our daily bread. Now they want you to see God as someone who wants to provide for you. A lot of people think, oh, I can't ask God for something. He wants to. Jesus is giving you a mental picture that your Father wants to provide for you. Our Father who's in heaven, but we're here. Hallowed be your name. You are high, you're lifted up. We're making you number one in our lives. We're not going to allow distractions to take our attention. We're focused on you. That's what it's... So that your reign, your will, your authority would be done here on this earth. Give us our daily bread. Give us, provide for us whatever we need so that we can do that. Now look at this. And forgive us our debts. Jesus has given them a glimpse of the fact that he's going to be the sacrifice to pay for their sin. At this point, they're still living under the old covenant. Because Jesus has not gone to the cross. He has not died and paid the price for our sins so they're still under, but he's saying, look what's coming. I'm trying to show you what's coming. He's saying, forgive us our sins. Then he gives us an example, a, a, a standard to live by as we forgive others. Why? Why should I forgive people that hurt me? Because living a life of unforgiveness keeps you bound. You're not keeping them bound to the pain and what happened. When you refuse to forgive them, you're keeping yourself bound to the pain and what happens. Amen? So we have to forgive and do not lead us into temptation. Stop thinking that God is tempting you. Well, God's tempting me. He's, he's trying. God doesn't tempt. The Bible says he can't be tempted and that he doesn't tempt. If you're being tempted, it's by a distraction that God wants you to stop focusing on. It's from something he wants you to stop playing with, making room for in your life so it doesn't become a stronghold. You know, you start looking at something too long, it takes up more space. And it takes up more space in your life. Now, I don't know what distractions, what struggles you have. I don't know what struggles in your life have grown to a, a stronghold. But I know you're human, so there are some. And I want to encourage you that whatever they are, and God will show you as we go through this, he'll show you how you are to deal with those and how you're to press through. Amen? So this, this prayer is actually showing us, and it tells us, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now Jesus is saying, this is what's going to happen when God becomes your father, when I become your savior, when all of this reign, this, this rule, this authority that God has available to you, when this starts operating in your life, you're going to see a change. You're going to see a difference. Matter of fact, in Galatians 5, it says this, the Holy Spirit, which is God, God the Father's on the throne. God the Son is at the right hand of the, the throne. Or this way. Anyway, unless you're looking in a mirror, but it's this way. But anyway, but the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit is still on the earth. He's here with us. 
He's involved in our everyday life if we make room for him. The Bible calls him, the, the Greek word is the parakletos, which means the helper. In other words, what we do is we get God-sized help when we make room for God in our lives. God comes in and, you know, God can always make the difference, right? So when we make room for him, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit comes in and he does this. Look what it says. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Now let me say this. If you've got fruit in your life that you don't like, if you've got something showing up that you wish wasn't there, don't curse the fruit. You need to look at the root because it's the root that produces the fruit. Don't look at it as just a one-time thing. It's what God is telling us here is that there might be some things growing in your life you don't want there. But to get rid of the fruit from that, you've got to pluck it up. You've got to get rid of it. So if you want your fruit to change, you need to change your root. Put your root back into God and what he has for you. For the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Follow along. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the stuff that shows up when you're walking with God. That's the kind of life that you live when you're walking with God and you're on course with him. When you've ripped off the distractions and you've dealt with the strongholds, you're able to see this kind of fruit show up in your life. And it says, and against this, there is no law against these things. And the law is what brought sin to man, the Bible talks about. And what he's saying is when you're walking out this life, there's no sin that can stick to you. There's no, there's no problem. There's no stronghold that can continue to hold you back when you're walking in what God has available to you. What he's saying is you should live in freedom. We should all live in freedom. Living in freedom is a good thing. But too many of us make excuses, allow our struggles to stay until they grow into a stronghold. And because we can hide them, we don't think they're that big a deal. But you know it's your, your hidden secret, always the thing that exposes you the most. And people think they have things hidden. That's when it usually comes out. We usually see it on the tabloids or the, the headlines where so-and-so was called. There was, there was, <laughs> there was a, 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 a politician, and uh, actually he, he had a very high position, he still does, um, in Parliament in, in England, who, <laughs> first of all, was caught naked on his meeting screen that was going on his virtual screen, He's standing there naked, you know. And uh, then after that, he gets caught urinating on camera in a meeting. That's not normal. But something happens where we think, oh, no, I got this under control. Nobody's going to know what I'm doing. And next thing you know, the whole world knows. And see, the thing is, when that happens, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. It's out. So what God is telling us is, for our own sake, we need to deal with it now. We need to go ahead and let God's power operating in our life help us deal with it so that we can get past it. Does that make sense? I want to end with this story. See, the devil, the Bible describes as a thief in John 10.10. But the issue that most Christians have, or at least half, according to Barna's research, is that they don't believe in the devil. They don't believe in the thief. And see, the problem is when you, when you don't, believe in the thief, you don't fight the thief. So there's this pastor, and uh, he loves Girl Scout cookies, and you know, when you're a pastor, whenever there's Girl Scouts, they always come up and, hey, will you buy? You know, I bought, I bought so much wrapping paper and things and stuff, but his was Girl Scout cookies, and he goes, you know, I love the Samoans, and I love the caramel ones, and I love the peanut butter ones, and the, pa the, the peppermint ones, and stuff like that. He goes, but my wife brought home, he said, she brought home these new cookies, they were lemon cookies. 
and he's describing this, this situation. He's in his house. She lays him on the island. She goes, hey, I got some cookies. And she laid him down. He goes, oh, they're lemon cookies. I haven't had lemon cookies. So he opens them up, and this is what he says. He goes, you know, I don't know what, I, he goes, I'm sure they put some lemon in there. He goes, but I guarantee you they put crack in it. And this is why. He goes, because I open it up and I have one cookie. He goes, then I blacked out. Next thing I know, the whole box is gone. <laughs> now he's telling, you know, he's being honest and open. And a few minutes later, after he ate all, he, he goes, I still got crumbs. My hands smell like lemon. My wife walks back in the kitchen and says, hey, who ate all the lemon cookies? And he goes like this. He goes, where's our daughters? Where's our, <laughs> leading her to believe it was the daughters. And she goes, I can't believe they ate them all. She went into the, the pantry, came out with two more boxes of lemon cookies, and she gave them to him. She goes, here, hide these so they don't eat them all. What happened was she actually gave the gift to the thief because she didn't know the thief was in the house. And see, a lot of us, when we play with our struggles and we allow things to stay too long, we're actually giving the thief authority and power in our lives. And he, he brings strongholds. And, and, and see, we may think it's no big deal. And we may think it's all covered up. But it did come out and she found out he ate them all. And uh, the kids didn't do it. And see, what I'm trying to tell you is that, that in life, there's always going to be distractions. There's always going to be that thing that tries to take you out. When, have you had more distractions since you became a pastor than before? 100%. You know, it's amazing how many little traps the devil sets for the children of God. You're not immune. It's not about everybody else. There are distractions. There are traps set for you. And if you don't deal with them the right way, you may end up bound to one of those, and they may end up taking you out. So there's some signs and there's some ways that we can tell whether a struggle is a struggle or if it's become a, um, a stronghold. And we're going to look at those next week. But this week, I want to make you aware, God's got a life for you that is so amazing. It's beyond what you could even ask or think. It talks about in Ephesians 3.20. But he needs you to stay on the path that he has for you and not to get distracted and not play with those distractions till they become a stronghold because they don't only want to slow you down, they want to trip you up and they want to destroy you. And God's got something better for you. Now, I know there's a lot of people not here today because today is the most traveled day for Americans. At least, they're saying for years, not just the last year and a half, because it's the first day of like freedom to get out and to enjoy. And we pray for protection for all those people. And I believe they'll take time to listen to the service. But for you, you're here today. Reach out and grab what God has for you today. Understand this message wasn't for the person next to you. It wasn't for that guy you think is struggling. It's for you, every one of you, because there's a trap set for you. There's a distraction that's designed to look not that bad until it gets in, and then it wants to grow until it controls you and eventually destroys you. You say, well, I didn't know that. Now you do. Amen? So let's just think about that. Let's know that greater one is in us. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing has power over me that I don't give it power. There's no addiction that can hold you when you've got the power of God operating in you. You say, well, you don't know. I do know. I know that you just need to learn to apply the power of God so it's effective for you to be free. And God wants every one of us to be free. It's for freedom that Jesus came. Amen? So let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that we can receive it with gladness. 
if there are those of us who are dealing with struggles and maybe we've allowed some of them to grow into to strongholds, we right now ask and believe we receive help and strength to be able to overcome those so that we can be a good witness for you and we can walk and keep the course of the race that you've set before us. I thank you, Father, that we are who you created us to be. And with your help, we will fulfill that plan, bringing it to fruition, allowing our light to shine so that others may find their way to you. Father, if there's anybody here today that has never made Jesus Christ Lord of their life, we want to take time to give them an opportunity. So I'm going to look around the room. Nobody else, everybody else keep your head down. If you're here and on the inside, you, just, you know, you say, man, I've been going to church for years. Yeah, but if you've never made that conscious decision to say, you know, I'm going to make room for God. I'm going to open my life up and I'm going to receive all that he has for me by receiving his son, Jesus Christ, into my life. If that's you, and I don't know who I'm talking to, but if that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I just want to know who I'm praying for because we're going to say a prayer. Everybody together is going to say a prayer with you for you to open up your life and invite Jesus Christ to come in as your Lord and Savior. Is there anybody here today in this congregation? You, you know in your heart that you need to make that decision? Anybody? Maybe there's somebody online. You're, you're watching this and I don't know how you even got to the, this, this channel or on Facebook, but you say, you know what, that's me. So we're going we're gonna to right now, we're just going to say a prayer as a group for you. And for anybody here that's, that's struggling with one of, those, one of those distractions, one of those struggle things, and even those who are coming to the awareness that, wow, I've got some strongholds I need to deal with, we're going to say a prayer for them too right now. Father, we just thank you that with your spirit living on the inside of us, nothing can hold us down and keep us bound when we release that power that you made available. We thank you that strongholds and struggles fall at the name of Jesus. And we declare victory over every single person in this room and every single person that's watching online. Freedom is yours because Christ has set you free, the Bible says. He who is set free by the Son is free indeed. And we just rejoice in that and we glorify you, Heavenly Father, for that. And we thank you for the victory that's in our life. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Praise God. God is good. God's good, you know. And I'll and I tell you guys, you, you got to cut your pastors a little slack sometimes because I know sometimes you don't like to hear this. This is good stuff. And it's stuff, if you'll grab it, you'll grow from it. Amen. So we want to take time to always acknowledge that God in, instructs us to bring our tithes and offerings to the storehouse. We don't beg you for it. We don't pressure you for it. We don't try to guilt you for it. It's a choice that you, when you reach that point with God where you say, wow, I can trust you. I've gotten to know you enough to where your plan is better than my plan. For those of you who have brought your tithe and your offering, I just want to say a blessing over that. Father, we thank you for the obedience of your children who have brought your, their finances to the storehouse so that your work could continue. We thank you not only for using us and in including us in what you're doing, but we thank you for the blessing that comes back because we've been obedient to your word. We thank you that it comes back, pressed down, shaken together, running over because your word is true. Father, we thank you for the day that we have and we thank you for the picnic tomorrow. We ask you to keep us safe, let your face shine on us, and, and we give you glory for all that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. amen. Now, of course, the way
This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.